when its people follow God's instructions. A nation is great when its people, catch that, when its people follow God's instructions. Moses is a unique, is a unique person in history. Not many people get to have a relationship with God the way Moses did. It's okay to be a little jealous of Moses. He had a powerful relationship with God. His whole purpose in life was to help people, the people of Israel, know and follow God. And that was not an easy task. In a small way, that's what pastors are supposed to do. We're supposed to help the people of God follow God. And that's not always an easy task. In verse 5, Moses told the people of Israel, look at it. Verse 5, he says, see? He says, see? He's catching their attention. I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Did you catch that first part? I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me. Moses did not exert authority or power over the people of Israel for his own sake. He did that because God led him to do that, and God gave him the commands to teach the people. So Moses wasn't seeking personal power like we see in our world today. God promised the Israelite people as a nation that they would be a nation and that through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, they would have the land of Canaan for them, for themselves. That they as a nation would have this land called Canaan and it would be the promised land and it would be a land of milk and honey and it would be that great. It would thrive and they would thrive there. But that promise came with a price. It came with a price and the price was following God's instructions. God wanted to lead the nation of Israel. He wanted to be their king. And he was willing to work through people to make that happen. So we have to follow God's instructions. We all want good things for ourselves and our families, right? Amen? Yeah, right? Wave at me. Yeah, there you go. We all want good things for ourselves. I mean, it's human nature to want good things. We would want good things for our families if we have families. But are we willing to pay the price? Are we really willing to pay the price? And do we want for ourselves and our families what God wants for us? That is a big question right there. That question implies we've got to seek God. If we want to know what he wants for us, if we want that, we're going to have to ask him. In Luke 11, 27 and 28, Jesus was speaking to a crowd. And this woman is in the crowd and she calls out and says, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Our best good is to follow God. Our best good is to follow his instructions. To do that, you have to read your Bible. You have to read your Bible. You can't read a devotion and not read the Bible. You can't listen to Christian music and not read the Bible. You can't watch Christian TV and not read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. If you want to have an impact on your culture, if you want to have an impact as a Christian, you've got to read your Bible. Salvation really isn't free. Raheem, salvation really isn't free. It's not free. Was it free for you? Was it free for me? Was it free for anybody? It brings freedom. Salvation brings us freedom from sin and, and things of this world, but there is a cost to our salvation. Jesus gave his life for our salvation, and now we have to give up our right to our lives to live our lives the way we want rather than instead we are called to follow God. And that means we have to follow, we have to study his word, we have to read the Bible and let him speak to it 
Speak to us from it. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, Samuel said this, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? Just think works. All right? Does the Lord delight in works, in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and heat is better than the fat of rams. So if you want to know what, what God wants for you, if you want what God wants for you, if you want to figure that out, read the Bible. God gave it to us. And he also gave us the ability to learn how to read. And he wants us to follow his instructions, not do works of salvation, because it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. What God wants more than your money, your possessions, is you. He wants you. He wants all of us. He wants, and, and, you, and you show God, you show God that you belong to him by following his instructions in this life. And by doing that, you make America a great nation. Because we do this together, and the more there are of us doing this together, the greater the impact, the bigger the ripples are that go out. You see? Do I get an amen on that? Can I get a big amen on that? All right. All right. You see, number two, point number two on your outline. A nation is great when its people obey God. A nation is great when its people obey God. Look at verse six. Talking about his instructions, his commandments, observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding of the nations who hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. It's good to listen to God. Let me just say that. It's good to listen to God. It's great to obey God, but only individual people can listen to God and obey him. Nations are made up of people who live together in the largest known community in the world. So how can a nation obey God? Israel tried to do this as a nation. They tried to do it, but they failed, and they suffered terribly for their failure. Only people, only people who have a right relationship with God are going to listen to God. Unbelievers are not going to listen to God until God shakes up their world, until he gets a hold of their life. Only people who have a right relationship with God will listen to God. This is significant for the church today. This is very significant, especially in America. I think the Christian's relationship with God can bless our nation as we follow him instead of following the culture. I think the church needs to stop following the culture. And I think the, culture, the church has done that. I think, I think the church has fallen into that trap. I think we're seeing that today right now. Churches are beginning to fall apart because they no longer have God-centered personally or as a group. And when you take God out of center, what are you looking at? You're looking at something other than God. You're not looking at God anymore. Now, you might be thinking, if the people of Israel couldn't do it, how can we? We're no better. We're no better than they were. To obey God, you have to know God. All right? That makes sense, right? To obey God, you've got to know him. And to know God, you have to be in an ongoing, growing relationship with God. It's not a one-time walk the aisle, get wet, then you're done. It's a day by day by day by day for the rest of your life. Did you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Knowing God. We've got to know God. We've got to be in an ongoing relationship, growing relationship with God. There can never be a time that we dis disconnect from God. Never. Not a moment. We might stumble and fall, but we better reach our hand back up to God and ask him for help getting back up. The Apostle John said this 
about obeying God. In John 5, verse 3, said, this is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. God calls us to tough things, difficult things, but they're not overwhelming things. They're things we can do through his strength, through his leading, through his abilities that he gives us. This might sound hard to you, and it is hard. I won't lie about that. It can be hard. But just because something is difficult doesn't make it impossible. Just because something is difficult doesn't make it impossible. Not everything in life is impossible, though many things are difficult. I know setting aside our desires is hard for people. I get that. There are lots of things I would have rather have done in my life. My whole plan in life was I was going to become a manager of an aircraft plant. That was my whole plan. I went to college for that night school for years because I thought I was going to move up the management chain and become a, a manager of, of the Salina division. That was my whole plan. And guess what? That wasn't God's plan. I had to set that aside and follow God. God showed me it wasn't his plan. He showed me several times it wasn't his plan. As much as I wanted that plan of my own, I had to follow God's because I knew God had a better way. It might be a harder way. It might be a way that I hadn't thought of. I didn't know the, all the steps I'd have to take, but I had to follow God's way. And that's what we have to do. That's what you have to do as well. And I'm not going to lie, it's hard at times. It's not impossible, though. It's doable. Moses wasn't done just yet. He also said this, point number three, a nation is great when its people are close to God. Now, you've got to want this. I can't, I can't teach you how to do this. You've got to want this. Moses wanted the Israelite people to realize how close God really was, that he really was close, that he is close today too as well. Look at verse 7. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we, what, pray to him? Notice Moses didn't say, give offerings to him, when we give something to him. No, it's when we pray to him. I wonder how much our prayers would change if we understood just how close prayer brings us to God. Prayer takes us right into the very presence of God. You're talking to God when you pray. So when you pray, make it natural. Don't be stilted and stiff. Just talk to God. That's all prayer really is. Have you ever wondered what God's perspective of you is like? What does God think of you in your life? I think about these things. Maybe I think too much. I don't know. God is watching you. Did you know that? There's an old rock and roll song called God is Watching You. He is. He's watching all of us. That's what David said. Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He's watching you right now. He knows what's going through your mind. If you're thinking about lunch or you're saying, man, this guy is so boring. I don't want to listen to him anymore. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He's going to see you do those things tomorrow. I'm not sure we understand the power of prayer. We tend to pray for sick friends, don't we? That's okay. That's not a bad thing. We do, but we tend to focus on praying for sick friends, family, or when we're dealing with some difficulty in life, some great need that just arises out of nowhere and catches us off guard. But do we pray for God to work in our daily life? 
Are we doing that? Are we asking God, use me today, God. Let me see you at work today, God. Today and then tomorrow. Let me see you at work today, God. Are we doing that? David Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau was a 1800, 19th century uh, poet. He once said this, the question is not what you look at, but what you see. Isn't that true? It's not what you're looking at that matters. It's what do you see when you're looking at whatever it is you're looking at. What do you see there? Do you see the issues that you need to deal with? Do you see the blemishes you need to get cleaned up? Do you see the problems you're dealing with? And and do you, do you think God is working in your life? Do you see God working in your life? Maybe you don't. Maybe you need to get closer to God. If you do, start with prayer. Start by praying, seeking him that way. Then number four, Moses said this, number four, a nation is great when its people remembers God. A nation is great when a people remembers God. And this is where America, I think, is beginning to fall apart a little bit. We're forgetting God. And what Moses warned Israel not to do, America seems to be doing. Look at verse 9. Moses said in verse 9, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Anybody a grandparent? Anybody a grandparent? Are you teaching your grandkids the things of God? You need to be. You're told to right here. We're to teach them to our children and our children after them. We need to be doing that. We need to be praying with them. We need to be praying for them. We need to teach them the things of God. Americans seem to be losing sight of God, don't they? Many Americans are seemingly losing sight of God. Now, that's not God's fault, by the way. That's simply what people do. People are simply doing what people have always done. They're turning away from God. They begin looking for answers to their problems elsewhere from other sources other than God. Whether that's the government, their own abilities, or whatever. Israel did that, and now today I see America doing that as well. Americans are replacing God with all kinds of things from this world. Worship, Bible study, serious prayer are all being replaced with other activities. Instead of going to church on Sunday or Wednesday night, people are staying home watching TV, or they're going and playing baseball, or they're going and doing something else. People think that a prayer at mealtime is all we need to worry about. Well, we just thank God for this food. Everything's good. Thank God for the food, but also thank God for some other things too. Yeah. Pray at some other moments in life. And so what happens with all this this forgetting of God? The result is spiritual decline, which just leads to, to hopelessness because man can't solve his own problems. He needs God. People today wonder if God exists. Atheism is growing today faster than any other time in history. People wonder if God cares, if God knows the problems they're facing. Maybe some of you are thinking that today. I don't know if God knows my problems in life. But they seldom ever see God. And they hardly ever thank God for his blessings, which they seem to take for granted almost every day. Listen to something from the book of Job. Job 18, verse 13 to 15. A man named Bildad said this. I think it's very wise. I think it applies today. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. What he trusts in is fragile. What he relies on is a spider's web. Have you ever leaned on a spider's web? You can't, can you? Yeah, he leans on his web, the spider's web, but it gives way. He clings to it, but it doesn't hold. 
If you're falling off a house, don't bother to grab a spider's web. It won't hold you. Right? No. Don't lean on it because it's not going to keep you up. Same is true, spiritually speaking. Same is true. When we don't lean on God, we're leaning on a spider's web. When we're not trusting in God, we're holding on to something else. And it's weak. It's fragile. It gives way. God doesn't. The answer to the problems of life is God. He is the answer we're looking for. The way to have hope day in and day out is to be in a committed, lifelong relationship with God, a commitment that draws us closer and closer and closer to God. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You might have, been a, you might have given your life to Christ 50 years ago. Guess what? He still wants your heart committed to Him. You're not done with God, and God's not done with you. God wants to help you. Did you know that? God doesn't want you to be alone in all of this. He wants to help you. He wants to have a relationship with you. But you have to commit yourself, your life, to Him. You have to do these things. Our invitation song today is, People Need the Lord. Do you agree with that? Amen. We all do, by the way. Even as Christians, we need the Lord, right? Yeah. You and I, the people we regularly interact with, the store, at the shops, getting our haircut, all need God. All need God. Maybe somebody sitting here today this morning needs God. Maybe you need God. Start to seek to get, start seeking God this morning as we sing this song. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ. Maybe you need to join the church then. Maybe you need to just come up and rededicate your life or pray with somebody. Whatever God leads you to do, let's do that today, okay? Let's stand, get ready to sing. Let's pray for Heavenly Father, we thank you for this country that you've given us, that you've allowed us to be born in. Father, we pray for you to heal this country of its sins. We pray that you would bless us, Lord, with your strength and power, that, Father, we would know you and we would know you every day of our lives. We need you, Father. People need you. People need your Son and your Spirit. We pray for this in Christ's name. Amen.